There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Femme. Hello, welcome back to Locatora Radio. Hola, hola, this is Mala. And this is Diosa. And welcome back to another capítulo of Brown Girl Hour. Yes, Locatora Radio is a podcast archiving the brilliance and legacies of women and femmes of color. And today, uh, we're going to make a few announcements, talk about a few podcast-related things, but we have a really, 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 really special guest here today that we're super excited to introduce. We're going to get to our guest in a second. Um, But first, we do have a couple updates. Yes. So, we launched our Patreon this past week. Finally. And we're super excited about it. Um, There's different incentives, different exclusive content just for our patrons. Um, it is just patreon.com slash locatora underscore radio. And special, special thank you, shout out, so much love to our locamores that have already signed up to be patrons. So we're super happy. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll be starting those um, special little things that we have going on next month, so November. And yeah, we're really excited. And we also have created a Venmo. So if folks, you know, can want to give a offering of whatever amounts, right. they can just uh, donate to our Venmo account, which is locatora-radio. 
And you know, one of the reasons why we created the Venmo and the Patreon is because we had like a lot of locamores, a lot of listeners commenting, DMing us, messaging us, asking like, I want to support in some way. Can I buy merchandise? Can I donate? Like, where can I send my support? So we were getting those questions. And even in person, like at Eastside Love once, a listener came up to us and she literally told us like, people want to support you guys and like, Basically, she said people want to give us their money. So who are we to say no? <laughs> in other words. In other words, we had to create, you know, a route, an avenue for that. So thank you for the everybody who has already um, yeah. signed up. And uh, besides that, we have events and fun stuff coming up that finally we get to announce oh, and talk about it. We're so God. excited. We have been waiting, waiting, because this has been in the works since the summer. So we have been waiting to share with y'all. But we are having a one-year anniversary celebration we are november 10th at 9 p.m in collaboration with la junta la Mm -hmm. we have collaborated them before and it'll be at el dorado in downtown la on spring street there's no cover dj sizzle will be there she'll be spinning she'll be working and we're super super excited to celebrate our one year we'll have merch there it's free. The Mommy Collective will be there. We're super, super, super excited to finally be able to announce. And you know it's been hard for us not to say anything oh about it. It's been God. really difficult. Like, we have been outfit shopping. The flyer, yeah. like, is so cute and in the works. Yeah. And it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And yeah. we cannot wait to party. So by the time that y'all are listening to this, the flyer will have already been posted. So we're so excited. We hope that y'all can make it. And if you're not from L.A., you know, this is a good time to road trip. Yeah, come on out. Come yeah, out and party with us. Bring the, us a bottle. Yeah, and the next day we have another event. November 11th is Jessica Salgado's second book release. Yeah, so for those of you who weren't able to make it out to her first book release for Corazon at Art Share, or maybe got turned away at the door because it was at capacity, this is the perfect opportunity. Come out to Espacio 1839 on November 11th. Um, Locatora, we're actually going to be hosting her book release and yes. leading like a talk back and a Q&A with her. She's going to do some reading. And it's going to be really fun. Um, so come on out to that. Other than that, we also are a part of Porcasterio Fest yes. on November 19th. Yes, that is a Latinx digital media experience. Other Latinx podcasters will be there. Um, as of now, registration is closed and it's sold out the same day. So we hope that some of our locamores were able to get um, tickets. And it was, a, it was a free event, yeah. uh, or it is a free event, um, but they do have a capacity level that they need to keep in mind, so that's why there was registration. So hopefully some of y'all were able to get tickets. If not, you know, there will be other opportunities, and we'll see if there's any, like, future ticket release if we're able to, like, expand yeah. registration. We will keep everybody posted. This is just year one, yeah. so I'm sure that next year it'll be bigger, a bigger venue. Yeah. Um, we're going to be, I think, like, on a panel. Yeah. And we're going to be also there with our merch and with other of our favorite podcasters. Yeah. Uh, and also, this is in conjunction with Molcajete Dominguero. Yes. It'll be at La Plaza de Cultura y Artes. Very fun. Um, and then finally... Our last announcement. Also very exciting. Also in celebration of our one-year anniversary, we are challenging our locamores to a dance challenge. Yes. We we have a new jingle. We have a new jingle. Um, You weren't supposed to say that. Oops. (laughs) Well, now they know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm confused. Continue. Keep going. (laughs) Erase that. Erase it. Erase it. (laughs) I might have to go edit that out, actually. Um, so, bleep it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we are challenging our locamores to send us videos 
of y'all dancing to our current our current jingle, jingle the jingle that you all know and love yes yes so if you feel so inclined please send us videos of like y'all something that is short dancing. enough that we can put on the instagram right well mm -hmm. it, it could be the amount of the length of the jingle it's like 20, which is 20, 20 seconds, seconds. Yeah. yes so please send us those, email them, send it in a direct message. We will be putting something really special and cute together. Yes, and we're going to post our own as well. Yes, we will. Dancing to our jingle. Yeah. So those are our announcements so far. And we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our listeners, all of our locamores um, who have signed up as patrons already. We have like six patrons like as of now, as of the day we're recording this. Yes. Um, also, thank you to everybody who has, like, shared our work, who has shared the podcast, who has recommended us for opportunities, you know, referred our names to people. We've gotten some, like, you know, there's, like, some exciting things Do happening. Do not overshare, I'm please. not going to overshare, but I'm just <laughs> saying that people are reaching out to us and, you know, offering us opportunities and inviting us to things. Yeah. And so it's because of our listeners and it's because you guys are fucking putting us on and yeah. you're like the fucking plug. So thank you. Thank you. So now we are super, super excited to introduce our guest for today. We are interviewing Loba. Yes. And to give y'all a background, um, if you don't remember for our Bruja episode, which was Capitulo 2, um, we actually included Loba in one of our favorite online Brujas. So um, I'm just going to read a, a background about Loba. So Loba is a queer Chocoya Andina South American migrant artist, researcher, writer, hand poke tattooist, full spectrum companion, doula, aspiring midwife, student, seed saver, gardener, and yerbetera. Loba is currently based in Los Angeles, but constantly travels across Turtle Island and Abiyayala to facilitate shares and circles on herbalism, plant relations, social justice, healing justice, and autonomous health. In the past years, Loba has been delving on creating educational material and providing consultations, Comadrio online, to ensure the work is accessible to all. Loba is invested on disseminating information with the hope that self-knowledge and recognition of Abuelita knowledge will, re will create a future where we can depend on ourselves and communities. Loba is here! Finally, Loba, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hello, hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Loba, thank you thank so much. Thank you for much. inviting me. Thank, thank you, you for thank being you. here. Yes, I'm so excited. So, Loba, <clears throat> if, if, if you could tell our listeners just, you know, we already read your description and uh -huh. you do a lot. Like, you do everything. You do it all. And I feel like since I've been following you online since the Tumblr days, you have continued to add, like, yes. skills <laughs> and things to your roster, basically. So, just can you just tell us about uh -huh. like what are you up to like what are you working on these days and what do you want our listeners to know about you so i feel like well it's interesting the the interesting thing about social media is that to me kind of became like a documentation of whatever my life so i i had a at some point i had a blog with my friend and we talked about you know how we get into messy stuff back in school or like 19 20 mm -hmm. and then it evolved into like creating an actual like platform through tumblr um you know blogging photos like i put a bunch of photographs there because i was doing more photography back in that day and i started adding things that i would just like you know randomly like start picking up or right. like even some of like the political work that i was doing or you know the ways in which like you know i was doing like my, the focus when i was in, in school and undergrad was uh forced realization of peruvian quechua women during the fukimari dictatorship so mm -hmm. then after that i was like i really want to start doing things that are more you know hands-on like how do we like I started reclaiming back this knowledge so then I started getting more into like autonomous health and 
I, I come from like South America, so Peru and Chile, and there is a very strong movement of uh, salud autonoma or like you know yes. feminist salud autonoma. So a lot of kind of like reclaiming, uh, you know, the body and using the body as like a territory of lucha, blah 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 blah. You know, so right. I feel like everything has been kind of building up to what I'm doing right now. So that's what it seems like I'm doing a lot, but I'm don't I'm not. You know, there's things that I kind of leave and that I come back to eventually. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of intermingled, but as of now, I just finished and I'm, I'm still doing like the online portion of it because, um, I created this herbal education program called the seedlingship. So I didn't want to call it an internship cause I'm like, I've only been doing this for like seven years and okay. no, that's not that much. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't really like the idea of kind of education that it's like super hierarchical and structured. So I was like, okay, well let's call this a seedlingship. So I just finished that up. Um, a group of like what 30 folks went through the seedlingship in my home slash garden um, in Westlake. And I'm kind of doing like the online portion of it because some folks were able to take it online. So I tried to make my, I guess, programs like online and also in person just, you know, to make sure that folks can access it anywhere. And also for people that have like kill anxiety and don't want to leave their home because that's me, you know, I don't never want to leave my home. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll try to do more stuff online too because of that reason. Uh, and I feel like a lot of the work that I've been doing lately has been around that menstruation it's also you know like very present um and i think like the whole i mean we're kind of you know in halloween month or whatever but um i think a lot of like research and thinking and writing around uh brujeria brujeria feminista Mm -hmm. feminist medicine um and just kind of you know like i want to eventually like do a zine around it Mm because i make zines yeah so i think that lately like a lot of it has been around you know like queer toxic masculinity and like where does that come from yes. like in what ways does queer toxic masculinity and toxic masculinity and patriarchy have such a big role in the ways that you know the witch hunts happened and how right. we still carry that trauma you know so a lot of it it's like you know also how do we even like think about uh, the witch hunts as trauma you know because when we talk about you know generational trauma or whatever i feel like we forget to mention like the witch hunts <laughs> you know that it's very recent like that happened super recently and it's still happening mm-hmm. so i think that like that's kind of my focus lately has been around like medicina feminista and just kind of like the concept of bruja or witch what does that mean and like you know who is a witch who is and who gets who names themselves a witch you know what i mean so i feel like that has been like a lot of my headspace as of lately yeah, that's amazing. I love it because I feel like brujería has very recently become much more of like a trending topic, I would say, like amongst young people, yes. mm-hmm. like and young like Latinxes who are on social media. Mm-hmm. It's something that you see the word floating around and, and there's different accounts and there's different people who are talking about brujería. So I'm like really interested in like how for you, mm-hmm. the reading and the writing and the learning about like the historical knowledge is mixing in with the technology and yes. the right. social media part of it. Well, I think that brujería in a way is technology, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, mm-hmm. brujería is just, I mean, to me, is about technology and it's about um, knowledge creation and knowledge documentation and like the ways in which, you know, like stuff gets appropriated so easily. So I think, you know, like even if we look at, for example, the way that the medical industrial complex was built, it had, you know, there was a correlation between that and like the killing of so-called witches, right? And there's even like, you know, if you even like start researching about, um, 
like you know the, the history of the witch of the witch hunts um sometimes like, there was this one dude i forget i have to like write this names down but it you know it's all about like white people so i don't really care that much about <laughs> the names but That's yes specific. it was it was okay. some like some dude that wrote this book about bot- botany or something like that or and just like medicinal plants and it was during the time you know medieval europe um renaissance europe or i mean i don't even know exactly like what time frame it was but then you know he came up and he was like this is not my book i stole this from an old witch mm-hmm. so because he didn't want to get killed right but it was like oh, interesting that it was it. literal technology and knowledge that was created and taken care of by this witch this woman you know this woman uh bitch, women, women like witch a, a wiccan maybe probably yes i would assume right you know something some, like that some medicine women and then he kind of like stole it and he made it into this book uh and then when he realized that it was no longer you know it didn't serve his purpose because he might get killed because he could be considered you know abru or whatever he said that it wasn't his so it's i think a lot of it it's all about you know like ripping off knowledge too uh, and I feel like I see a lot of correlation with that and also just all these conversations around femme labor and the ways in which, like, you know, womanized labor and femme labor are completely, like, unrecognized. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like there's, it just, there is more conversations now around yeah. that. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of folks kind of see, like, the word bruja, brujería, like, in a different way, right? Yeah. It's like, right. yeah, there's... And not too long ago, well, I was in Mexico City not too long ago, and I went to, I don't remember the official name of the Mercado, but the oh. more informal name is the Mercado de Brujas, uh-huh. right? And there, it was just so cool to be in this space, this physical space, where all the, like, necesidades for, like, brujería, like, whether it's the oils, plants, mm-hmm. stones, statues, you know, the santos... All the, the animals, it was like a one-stop shopping mm-hmm. for a bruja. And it was yeah. fucking dope, you know? And it was like, it also, like, really showed me that there's also, like, so much that goes into it. There's even economy, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. Behind brujeria and, yeah. like, goods and services. Mm-hmm. And 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 that type of a thing was, like, there's this whole world that I don't mm-hmm. think we necessarily see as much, like, in L.A. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's, I think, that there's more of, like, a cultivated culture right. around the brujería, like, in home countries, maybe, mm-hmm. versus here. Oh, and totally. there's also, like, political brujería, too, which mm-hmm. I think it's right. kind of some part of, with my friends, you know, we call ourselves the Moon Blood Magic Coven. <laughs> and we pretty much do, you know, like, political brujería. So, like, this year we had a training for, uh, like, POC-only uh, the centering like cis heteronormativity, cis heteronormativity uh, training on abortion support, mm. and then one of our members uh, also did a training on you know like supporting people are getting on abortions in clinics, so kind of doing like clinic escorting, mm-hmm. and then we recently had like a fundraiser called Perro, Perro Feminista that mm-hmm. was like to fundraise funds for a Tijuana collective that is doing like lesbian feminista activist work, you know. Yeah. So I feel like. It's also that too. There is, you know, there's definitely like more of the medicinal and like the intention based brujería. But I also think that there is a lot of like politicalness around, you know, like what brujería is and like, you know, like covens and like, you know, just organizing. Yeah. And the disruption of like capitalism and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So even if like there is uh, this really interesting Again, I don't remember dates. I should totally write this down. But one of the first uh, cases that was seen around, like, you know, witches or whatever, the burning of witches, was because, you know, there was this one little tiny state somewhere in Europe. I don't know that place. Um, and then apparently, like, the the king was traveling somewhere else to get the wife or whatever. And then when, they're com- and when the king and the wife are coming back, 
they encounter this huge like storm and they almost die mm. and then they get back you know to like the, the place they're trying to get to and then this like group of women this coven was like we tried to kill you you know like we and like it actually it came us. up yeah it was us. and then when i read that i was like okay so brujeria or like all so-called witches have always tried to like destroy states and yeah. destroy crowns and destroy you know like right. everything that we should be destroying so i think that it's like a combination between like intention and like medicine and like kind of reclaiming ancestral practices but also just like the politicalness of like trying to destroy destroy you know like all this fake country states and yeah. you know and like power like switching that shit around and so. you know what is so interesting when like men in power like white men are focused on in a negative way or they're criticized for something that they do they use the term like this is a witch hunt this mm-hmm. is a you know when like a man oh, in gosh. power there's focus on oh, him negative yeah. attention <laughs> don't say that but it's like when <laughs> no. have straight Horrible. white wealthy no, men never. ever been hunted never. for witchcraft uh-uh. never that's mm-hmm. something that women have been targeted for that femmes have been targeted for but it's just interesting that when there's a political mm-hmm. criticism right. now it's a witch hunt right yeah when that's never been your experience right. historically yeah it's it's the violence against women right yeah you know I think this is a good time to transition into oh, yeah. a song break our whole entire lives and when it comes to Loba like I first was aware of Loba and like your work and what you talk about and Abuelita knowledge and your chucherias and your creations (laughs) when you were on Tumblr so Mm -hmm. it's been it's been years it's been a long time yeah and you know what we were talking about during the song break is the fact that there's constantly new apps and new social media platforms so there are a lot of people who had big followings big archives on Tumblr and now moving on to Instagram, now mm-hmm. moving on to Twitter. Mm-hmm. So Loba, like I see you kind of as one of those people and I'm wondering if you could kind of talk to us about like your digital journey basically, like with your work. So, I mean, it's kind of sad, you know, because you get sad when you're like, oh shit, you know, like, because I, at some point I gave up with Tumblr. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't keep up with Tumblr. Yeah. And I was like very much into like creating my own material for Tumblr. I was like, I don't want to be reposting. I want to create my own material. Right. So it would just like take forever to like create material and it's like totally unpaid labor and i was just like super over it blah 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 so i gave up but i feel like i wrote a couple of like articles in tumblr like Mm -hmm. there was like the um what the hipsters didn't tell you and some other stuff i was just talking like anti-white stuff (laughs) right good stuff stuff. it's a great stuff i mean i'm just saying anti-white as in like you know you know sarcastic yeah. way because that doesn't exist but <laughs> um but i think i got a little following be- from that and then like i moved on to like the facebook page 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very sad because it's like, for me, like, I love to document stuff. That's also, I think, why I got into social media because I was like, oh, I really want to do this blog and I want to make it kind of, you know, I want to make it public. And so I ended up doing the Tumblr. And then, like, Facebook was also like a way to, like, start doing, like, some hustling around moon pads. I was selling moon pads and other stuff. Wow, I remember through, that. Yeah, <laughs> the moon pad years. Um, and then recently like i think two years ago or like a year ago very recent i joined instagram Mm -hmm. and i like instagram i was like super anti-instagram i was like i'm never doing instagram like this is too much (laughs) like how am i gonna have so many accounts i don't even know how my friends that do instagram and like do kind of work through instagram have like three other accounts because i only have one instagram account and i feel like most of my social media is about my work you know (laughs) like it really like i don't have like a personal except for maybe like my personal facebook page but that's also you know like a little random people follow me that i don't necessarily know so um so i think like social media is very sad in that way you know because mm. it's like it just moves you know like all the ma- yeah. this material gets moved so i think for me i've been trying to figure out how to do more like i want to write a book i have like three different book ideas Ooh. um to ki- or like zines too you know yeah. so to kind of like you know put everything together and document it in something that is more like tangible yeah you know important. yeah because i think it's very important especially you know especially with the work that you're doing really archiving um archiving like this bruja knowledge this abuelita knowledge that you talk about mm-hmm. um so i think it's really important that you have something physical right mm-hmm. that folks can also pay you for right which is really important because you also have a lot of connections to collectives in mexico and Sud America, so I think I can really see mm-hmm. that for you, which is yeah. amazing. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. But I think like also for me, what it helps me too, because I do a lot of like online like knowledge shares or like yeah. classes. That's also a way that I also archive. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You, yeah. yeah. I, I remember a post from about mm-hmm. a year ago when you had your last trip to Peru and you did uh-huh. a a workshop, right? You did like a taller or something mm-hmm. with mujeres. Oh, right. it was the Andean, the feminist yes. Andean intergalactic medicine. Yes. Okay, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I remember, and I was like, I want to uh-huh. be there. I think we had, we actually, fun fact, Loba and I met in Peru yeah. at, a, at a feminista conference uh-huh. in Latino America, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. super. It was super random. It was. Yeah, our friends like knew each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, can you talk a little bit yeah. about that? So I okay, so I had to go last year. I had to go to Peru to take care of my grandma, um, and I feel like. A lot of, like, you know, just, like, femme labor started coming up for me over there. There's, like, a lot of it because she got diagnosed with cancer and just kind of seeing, like, how my mom was the first one to kind of drop all her work and go take care of her. And then it was me. And then I'm, like, nobody, like, this person, like, my grandma has, like, nine, ten children and, like, a bunch of grandchildren. Like, I live in the U.S., like, by myself. Like, I don't get any, like, money support from, like, nobody else by myself. So Mm -hmm. I'm, like... I don't have like postal support or whatever and I'm just like my fucking cousins and whatever uncles and aunts that like have all this support and like you know I'm like y'all not even doing anything so like right. to me like a lot of like you know just like fem labor started coming up a lot of that you know just kind of like yeah. fuck you know there's so much fem labor and like caring just the caring politics you know yeah. the caring economy too that it's like exactly. usually so undervalued so um and I, I think that that's mm-hmm. an experience that a lot of like Latinx yeah. like listeners can mm-hmm. identify with because I've seen that happen in my own family oh, yeah. and recently a homegirl in her family with All the time. a grandparent being mm-hmm. sick, undergoing surgery, and then seeing who is willing yeah. to like, yeah. spend time to take care of them. And it's usually going to be the women in the family. Definitely. The in the yeah. Family. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that that kind of like, you know, 
that's when I started like building more around like you know femme labor and like my work and then um I you know I, I create I created this like online platform um in which I what I did I went to Peru and like I documented some of like stories some recipes and it's it's kind of hard too because I don't really like I don't want to share this with like you know a bunch of people you know okay. so I feel like as in like there's recipes and things that you learn that you shouldn't be probably putting it out there because you don't know who these people are that are taking it. Like I know right. some folks that were taking that that um, that online platform, and not everybody. So it's kind of also hard to like gauge to what extent you like share information, to what extent you don't, because you know, especially like white people, they might totally like identify as allies or whatever, but you don't really know. So it's also right. really scary because it's like I don't want to share something that is like really precious that my grandma just shared with me and that right. I'm just you know what I mean? That is gonna just get used or ripped away from me. So mm. it's kind of hard to like figure that out. But the whole idea of the um of the platform, which I'm reviving it again, so I'm gonna do it again uh, starting next month and I'm gonna include more like new material. Cool. Um, it's called the uh, Andean, what's it called? No, Intergalactic Andean Feminist Medicine, right? So the whole idea was that in like the two months that I was going to be taking care of my grandma, I was going to also be kind of like documenting, you know, things that I, that I learned. Um, and a lot of the kind of writing and like information that I have up there right now in that specific platform is around, you know, like brujería and just like witches and like I had really interesting insightful conversations with my grandma who actually saw a witch hunt happen <gasps> so yeah very recently and that's wow. when I realized wow. I was like okay so the witch hunts are still happening right like right. midwives especially like in the US or you know so called US you know like especially black midwives are like completely like it's super hard for a black midwife to practice because of you know anti-blackness and just like you know like witch hunts and like yeah so that's just one example right but like the witch hunts are like very much alive in this entire planet right but to me it was really like i was talking to my grandma or you know like uh brujeria and the andean region and like the witch hunts in the andean region and then she was like out of nowhere you know like i saw a witch get burned once and i was like tell me about it because she grew up in the mountains like in puno so oh, wow. yeah so like the the population in like that area was like indigenous folks like speaking mostly quechua she grew up speaking mostly quechua and then uh she was telling me that she was in this one town and she saw this old woman being burnt alive wow. and the people i guess you know in case in inquisitor i don't know inquis inquisitors i guess like yeah. what would be you know back in the day in order for like you know all of these things to happen like there would be like some kind of inquisition cabinet or inquisition group or whatever that would be mostly like you know like european people sure. but now like what she saw and this was probably like what like 60 years ago that she saw this 60 or 70 years ago uh it was indigenous people that mm. were the ones that were like kill her kill her kill her so they burned her alive and it was an old woman that is oh, wow. yeah and then i started you know talking to my other friends that like live in the area and one of my friends was like yeah you know like during the pinochet di dictatorship which ended pretty recently like it ended in 89 um like there was uh witch hunts happening in which like witches so-called medicine women were being like killed Okay. Especially, specifically like indigenous populations, so like the, Ma yes. the Mapuche tribe, right? Yeah. So, and that's something that I kept kind of seeing, you know, just how like the witch hunts in Latin America, specifically in the Andean region, and I'm sure that probably like in the rest of the territory, um, it was like specifically targeting like black, Afro-indigenous and indigenous people that were practicing their own medicine, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, and a lot of it, you know, had to do with power too, you know, like 
people will go to these people Mm -hmm. you know like they will go to them to like get support you know like that's the whole point of folk medicine you know like the people's medicine so i think that you know it's just like very interesting how like the medical industrial complex is kind of like interwoven in there but also just the you know abuelita knowledge what i call the abuelita knowledge you know like it starts becoming like you know it's witch tales or like yes it's not important it's just like you know superstition superstition Mm -hmm. like it's not real so i think that like at least from my experience and what i learned through you know doing that um that um like online platform was just how much of the knowledge is not even acknowledged as knowledge by even like my own grandmas, right? Because right. I was talking to my other grandma, and my other grandma was like, "Yeah, you know, your great grand great, you know, like uh, yeah, I guess it would be like my great granddad. Um, he used to do like a lot of you know kind of sabadas and like you know mm. healing to take away the mal de ojo, whatever, whatever. But he would do it very stri- secretly, like he would only do it like in his room. Nobody else would know because of the fear of being called a brujo, mm. right? So even there's so much fear and like. Yeah so much trauma that you know and i call it trauma because it's you know it is trauma you know what i mean like when people have to hide what they're doing because they would be you know considered a brujo or bruja by the community and what that could mean you know i'm sure that had like potential like economic like you know repercussions or like even like house stability or like whatever you know so and i I really love you know that you brought up abuelita knowledge and that you because when i hear that when i hear that term or that phrase i think of you immediately because i feel like that's your concept that you really developed Mm -hmm. and that you brought forward like online and you know we did one of our capitulos we called it femtech Mm -hmm. right and what we talk about in that capitulo is how things like sewing weaving cooking our technologies Mm -hmm. and our sciences and that's what abuelita knowledge is Mm -hmm. right so can you talk to us a little bit more about like abuelita knowledge as technology mm-hmm. so it's interesting because i have this poster in which it says abuelita knowledge is technology yeah. <laughs> and under the poster it has a picture it's it's me laying on the ground and it's my friend uh susan who is um aymara descent so this is like what's considered yes. northern chile like portions uh portions of peru and portions of what's considered bolivia it's also aymara territory but uh she's a lesbian she does a lot of like abortion support like abortion access stuff in um, so-called Iquique. And she was like kind of like showing me how to do abortion massage like on myself. Okay. So I digitalized that image and then I was like, okay, well, I have this really cool image. Like what do I put on top? And the first thing that came up to me was Abuelita Knowledge's technology right. because I think that's so many times like, especially like the first time that I saw abortion massage like happening was when I was in school. So I went to like fancy, you know, bullshit as UC Berkeley and it was like a whole, <laughs> it was like a, it was about like reproductive justice or something like I don't even know what the class was about. It was just really messy. And it was this white cis dude, you know, just Oh wow. Ugh, disgusting. Teaching about reproductive Teaching justice. It, of course, yeah. Why? And then, yeah, and then oh. he's like, you know, like I was in the Philippines once and then in the Philippines, like, this is what they do when, you know, the women have to have an abortion. And then he showed a picture of this like older women like doing like abortion massage on this oh. younger person oh, wow. who I think was a I, I believe he was a sex worker if I remember that correctly. And then he's like, This is what they do when they don't get access to like blah 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 and I was like, uh, that's technology though. Right. Like yeah. that's Technology and like clearly they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's the first time that I kind of saw that, you know, like the whole like abortion massage. And then so when my friend was teaching me, I was just like, oh my god, this is so amazing! Like the ways in which, you know, like we have completely forgotten like the, our own technologies, you know. Yeah. 
and like that's totally like very valid and people you know and i love the fact that you're talking about ancient technologies and you're utilizing modern technologies to spread Mm -hmm. the information yeah i agree you know this is a really good transition because mm-hmm. I really wanted us to talk about this. Um, oh, yes. You, in your work, you talk about how queer, trans, indigenous folks have existed for hundreds mm-hmm. of years. And you recently had this beautiful <laughs> photo of, I believe, Aymara women. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Aymara yeah, women kissing. Um, it's such a powerful, beautiful photo. And you have this really great caption about this, about mm-hmm. the history of femme folks, trans folks, queer mm-hmm. folks. Um, and it was actually shared by Undocumedia. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, a, if you don't follow Undocumedia, they're a really big platform um, centering Undocu folks. Um, but they also, sh- like, share, like, intersectional mm-hmm. posts. And your post was shared. Mm-hmm. And there were there was a lot of feedback. A lot, a lot of upset folks. Yeah. People were very upset about it. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about yes. that. Like, sharing this kind of radical knowledge online and then folks that are just not receptive to it mm-hmm. because colonization yeah. you know historical erasure trauma mm-hmm. all this shit right that gendered all this stuff so yeah. can you talk about that like what that was like for you when this uh-huh. post was shared so I identify as someone estosa mal hablada you know <laughs> like, I get and I, yeah <laughs> I feel like you know my family probably is just like oh my god what's this bitch doing now like what a shameful Same. individual you know I'm just like showing you my menstrual blood, talking about you know like alien dicks, like right. that's my life. Right. And I think that one that's one of the reasons why I got interested in social media because I was like I really want to put out there all these things that kind of bother people or like re- like make people react in these ways, you okay. know, kind of like social media and performance, I guess, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally. So a lot of the shit that I talk about is like very heterophobic and you know just kind of I mean that's not a real you know it's not you can't really be heterophobic but this is kind of like a funny word to, kind of funny way to say it or just like you know just talking about all these things that kind of make people be like oh shit you know so I get a lot of unfollowing sometimes because sometimes people follow me because I'm like oh you know this is how you use see this and that and yeah. then I'm like fuck white supremacy and then they <laughs> but I posted that uh, so I, I I think I've I've seen those images I don't know who the actual photographer is i think it's a mexican photographer that lives in bolivia i think Mm -hmm. alejandra something i think i was trying to research it but i reposted it from um this uh really awesome like feminist uh in argentina whose name i can't believe i'm forgetting i forget this person's name but i reposted it from um leonor silvestri yeah from leonor silvestri's um facebook account and it was i think what was it like the coming out day or something yeah yeah um and i was just like you know writing about pretty much you know like i think like when i moved into when i moved to the u.s i I was having a really hard time with even the concept like queer queerness like what does even queer mean and even what does like lesbian mean you know because i think Mm -hmm. in latin america there's more use of like lesbian feminism or like the lesbian identity as a political identity yes. not like here you know here if you mm-hmm. say lesbian you're just completely apolitical yep. but over there you know like a lot of my friends that are lesbian feministas are very much like all about destroying the patriarchy and yep. destroying the state and destroying like the police and cages you know what i mean so yeah. that's uh so it's like a very different concept um so one of the i guess the names that i really like that uh it's called chocoya it's mm-hmm. it's originally chocoyo and i learned it through my friend uh last year who i actually interviewed for that um for that uh, like online platform that i had on like andean intergalactic feminist yeah. medicine <laughs> so i interviewed this person and this person does a lot of kind of like pervy work and like the whole thing is also a performance and i'm from arequipa and then this person also is from arequipa and arequipa is like a very like 
conservative yeah. fucking place, you know, super conservative. So they started researching more about, you know, like different ways to kind of like call themselves that wasn't necessarily like gay mm. or like, you know, lesbian or like queer just because that didn't like culturally, like it didn't make any cultural sense. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like this person shared with me about the like chokoyo, you know, mm-hmm. like in chokoyo, it, it's like a Quechuanyo word and it translates to like a feminine butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is like what it's kind of like, it's supposed to be like a marica kind of, you know? I love it. Yeah. But then I was like, you know, I really like that, you know? So I started calling myself chokoya. So it's kind of this idea of like an effeminate butterfly. I'm like, yeah, that makes complete sense. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's like the, the post was pretty much about, you know, just kind of acknowledging like, the ways in which, like, one, there is definitely, like, this binary, this gender binary that we talk about, and heterosexuality are complete lies, and they were totally imposed by colonizers, right? Right. And that at some point, I'm pretty sure people in, like, you know, Europe have also different ways to relate to each other. Like, I'm, like, heterosexuality is not normal, like, and there's a very beautiful quote um, from, like, feminists in Latin America that says, uh, si heterosexualidad fuese... Like, if heterosexuality was um, was normal, it wouldn't need so much marketing. Mm. And I'm like, yes, there exactly. Like, really, like, since we're little, you know, like, it's yeah. not a good time. Yeah, we're yeah. Um, time. If, um, you know, if heterosexuality was completely, like, normal, we wouldn't need, like, to have so much marketing since we're very little. And so much pressure. And so much pressure, yeah. So the post was pretty much, you know, talking about, you know, different ways in which, you know, like people have related to each other and how like you know we still exist and then i think the second part was kind of like you know we're like the best (laughs) and which i think you know i even like in the whatever healing community i think that it fails to center like femme and like trans folks and like to spirit folks when in reality like i think that we have been the medicine people forever you know what i mean and like i know some and then in some of the comments was like well latinos or like indigenous people are not gay or this and that and it's just like what are you talking about there's even like actual like images like in codice and colleagues and colleagues but also like through waman poma for example in south america that shows like the so-called third gender like it's been present and they were the people that were getting killed by the colonizers or thrown to the dogs right so i think it's like it just the way that you know like this like fucked up like western history has happened is that it has completely erased you know Mm -hmm. like the existence of all these people that are not necessarily like falling into like gender binary or like Mm -hmm. into a heterosexuality that have always held very important places in community and we can see that even now you know so even even if we don't like even if we don't have that information like who are the people that are doing like the most amazing work in the world right now Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's not a cis hetero person you know what i mean it's not so and you know i also think that like latinxes latinos that we don't always give our communities as much credit Mm -hmm. for understanding like queer history in Mm -hmm. our communities. Like for example, like in my neighborhood, they have a big Elagetza every year, Mm -hmm. every year, right? The Oaxacan community there will have their big Elagetza. And there is, if you go to the, the basically the procession and they end up at um, the church right there on Pico, St. Thomas. And that's where they like finish and have like the big baile and everything included in the parade are muche mm-hmm. right in their full like gowns and they have like la reina de las muche mm-hmm. and then they'll have like a court and they're participating in community with everybody yeah. visibly like makeup hair head to toe everything you know and it's 
part and parcel of the cultural events, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, how do you deny something that is existing right now yes. and is embraced right. uh-huh. in on the streets, yeah. in real life, you Definitely. know? It's just that disconnect is so odd, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think that a lot of the comments were, like, ridiculous. So ridiculous. It was just, like, you know. It was, like, when oh I looked at the God. post, it was over a thousand comments. Comments? It just, yeah. yeah it, like, like, people were, re- like, pissed. people were really upset about it. And my question is, so, like, the people that were upset, are they, like, specifically from that indigenous community that no, those women not. were depicting? Like, what was their connection and what were they being so defensive over? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, what in the photo were they like, no, this belongs to me, so I get to define right. what's right and wrong? Oh, and the photo, we forgot to say what the photo is. Oh, yeah. What's oh, the yeah. Photo? <laughs> what's the photo? So the photo is uh, two Aymara women, but I don't know if they're Aymara or if they're mixed or they're mestiz uh-huh. or how they identify, but they're wearing, like, traditional Aymara clothing and yeah. they're making out. It's just very simple, very yeah, cute, both. very beautiful, very that brown. Beautiful photo. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful photo. And then people were just like, that's not true. Like, you know, like Latinos were not like one person said something about like how the Europeans brought homosexuality. And I was like, wow, yeah. It, wow. Yeah. It was just a mess. No, it was a mess. So my comments were just all about, you know, like yeah. I suck pussy all the time. <laughs> just. <laughs> well, you know, why not? I was just trying to troll them. Of just course. troll them. At that, point, at that point, like, you're not going to argue with these No, you can't. I think the Europeans brought no. homosexuality. That doesn't... It's like, what? No. It does not compute. No. Mm-hmm. It does not compute. No. Well, I think that we've gotten to the point in our program today where, yeah. you know, it's kind of time to wrap up and play our last song. And we wanted to... Thank you, Loba, so Thank much for coming. So much. And you are so you. full of knowledge. Like, it is I'm amazing. Just a bit. Yeah, and just, just, <laughs> it's and just, read too much. Think too but much again, too. and just over the years, and just how, because I think at first, like on Tumblr, I don't think you had, had become like a doula yet. Like, I think yeah. that that's maybe newer. And so just watching you and how you've just like grown and progressed, and you're just this wealth of knowledge, it's just mm-hmm. like, I just love you. <laughs> like, yeah. it's amazing. And I'm so happy for you and like proud of you. And oh. you really inspire like a lot of the work I think that we. Do. that we do absolutely oh, yeah, yeah if there's any way oh that God. we as can like support you let us know oh my when your book is finally ready like, <laughs> we'll like, interview you about we the book we'll talk about the book like we yeah we really want like locamores if y'all are listening or we are listening when you're listening to this like really follow Loba, Loba. and I have a Loba's Patreon work. too so Loba, have, please which share, I'm like really excited about all yeah. IG social media <laughs> handles with us please so I'm really excited for my Patreon actually because one of the books that I want to write it's uh, it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic uh, like book and then I have I want to start writing more queer post-apocalyptic erotica so <laughs> so I want to create a seed bank too because I have a bunch of seeds but I want to actually create a seed bank and I want to be doing more like open like free like I recently did one on like radical menstruation but I want to do more especially in Spanish uh, like workshops like online or in person yes. so the patron is basically to kind of like be able to fund all yeah. of that and then people get a bunch of perks so if you're you know yeah. there's some stuff there's so what's the where can they find your oh, patreon so that is patreon.com slash la loba loca and then an instagram la loba loca shares and then i have a facebook you know but that one doesn't really i mean i just shared cool articles there sure la loba loca yeah, yeah. thank so, you so much follow loba follow contribute loba. um you know participate in loba's knowledge shares yeah. because again mm-hmm. lots and lots of knowledge yeah thank Let- you again for tuning into capitulo 24 i don't think we said it it's no capitulo 24 thank you 24 
Um, and we hope to see you at our one year anniversary celebration. Yes, bring us a bottle. Bring us. Say hi. Bring us, yeah, say hi. You don't have to bring us anything, Mana. If you want to, you can. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you not to bring us a bottle. You can. I'm not going to stop you. Gifts, but also come and, come and hang out with us, dance with us. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be so much fun. La Junta, they, um, their parties really crack. Mm-hmm. They're a really mm-hmm. good crowd. They're like good people to work with. So we, you know, want to support them. And we're so happy that they want to collab with us. We oh, love yeah. them. We feel really lucky. Yeah, super lucky. So once again, um, Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr., And it's no surprise, I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.